Hey, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Slim City, man. And when I'm trying to get branded, when I'm trying to get the logo of a lifetime, I go to 84 Studios, man, helping businesses and brands gain a competitive advantage through creative design. Let me tell you something. They made my first and wild logo for my podcast that you're listening to right now, and I'm above and beyond satisfied with the product they have provided me. Listen, man, support an amazing black business. Find 84 Studios on Instagram. Log on to the website, 84studios.net. And trust me, the dopest creative designs you will find in the city, pretty much in the whole world. Once again, 84studios.net, brought to you by the First and Wild Podcast. What up, what up? It's your boy Slim City Man, live and direct. This is the First and Wild Podcast, and I got my good friend, my brother from another man, DJ Don Hot Bumbaclot. Yeah, off rip, though. What we drinking? We drinking. Yeah, get that in there. Pause. Yeah, we're drinking that Appleton rum, and he's drinking the Bacardi. Lemon? Limon. Limon. That boy foreign. Puerto Ricans out there. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So what's going on, bro? How you, how you been, man? Long time no see. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm great. I'm working like a motherfucker. This is true. I see. I see. Outside looking in, I'm in North Carolina, so I'm, every time I'm watching you, it's like, damn, this nigga be on it. I'm, I'm working, so everything is good. A lot of days a week, five to six nights a week, I'm DJing out here in these clubs. That's what's up. All right, so um, pretty much the first of all podcast, we're talking about losing our virginity, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I feel like, you know, in the industry, like we have our, you lose your virginity when you're a regular nigga before you find your passion, your career. And then when you start getting popping and, and these women intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, women, like women that, not necessarily wouldn't be paying you no mind or you wouldn't be in the, same vicinity with, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. Like you got a little status now, so yeah, so it definitely it changes. Helps with getting smashing the joints with the fifty thousand followers and, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah smashing for likes uh-huh. <laughs> and tags. <laughs> all right, so how old you when you when you lost your virginity? I was twelve. Twelve? What the fuck, they yo? Whatever the, the you're, you're, I think you're 12, there's summer going into 8th grade, 7th going into 8th grade. That's 14, 13. So it's probably about 13. It's probably like 12, actually. Because you turn 13 in 8th grade. And no, you turn 14, 14. You're 14 in 9th grade. No, bruh. Yeah, because you're 14 in 9th grade. You're 15 in 10th. No, no, no. Okay, so, yeah. so. Did you start, I mean, did you start like a year early? You might have started a year early. No, I wasn't like one of those gifted guys. I <laughs> Because I was there. Average, you know what I'm Because <laughs> I can't get lower than the seat. I'm Jamaican. My mom will bust my ass. So yeah, for real. She ain't having that. So this was the summertime going from seventh to eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You out here in these streets. Yeah, the thing, and the, and the crazy thing is, before I before I actually smashed, I was doing everything under the sun before that. So I was out. I was okay, out. so but at 13, what is everything under the sun? Like, I mean. Well, I mean, you know, at that age, you know, fingering, fingering. Is the, oh, the move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked. Yes, yes. Finger one, you're not washing your hands for about two, three weeks. <laughs> months sometimes. <laughs> and then um, you make it out, you dry humping like a month. Oh, hell yeah. I'm, I was born in the 80s, so like 90s is like pretty much the, the peak dry hump time. People don't really dry hump no more. Nah. Like nine-year-olds be smoking. Back in those times, I was dry humping, I was fingering, I got head.
head for the first time in seventh grade. Damn. Let me not. Let me not get fat. I'll wait. I'll wait for, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Damn. But yeah. But so, all right, so we, we, we losing our virginity now. Was it like a plan shit? Was it somebody you was doing? Was it your girl at the time? Was it random? Was it like, because you know, back in those days, like, if you want to do anything with a girl, mm-hmm. nigga, you had a plan. It had to be a strategy. You can't just wing it. You can't wing it. Facts. It's, it's funny because in, 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 my, in, in my world, it's like I lost my virginity twice. The reason why, <laughs> <laughs> I got a story for y'all. So I guess. The reason why is, it, I, I lost it in real life. And it's funny, the person I lost my virginity to, she was at your at your mom's house the other day. I'm not even going to say who oh it is. Oh, my but, God. I know but who she, it is. But she, she was definitely at your mom's house vibing. She, she I mean, that, that was many years ago. She yeah. moved on with her life. She about to start a whole new life. Yeah. Shouts to her. And um, I lost. That was the real virginity. But then there was a time, uh, a little situation at a middle school party where some shit had went down and as opposed I was a I was always a smart kid. So as opposed to getting in trouble and my mom finding out some shit after the fact, I was like, when it happened and I felt like she was gonna find out, I let her know like what the fuck happened. So we could get into that because that was a crazy story. Uh, what the f- all right, so when you the first time you're very vague just now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so the your first virginity that you lost. A real deal virginity. Your real deal like it was the how did that happen that day like did it go how did it go down oh man okay well she she's a a grade up than me uh-huh so she was like going into um ninth grade and um we would fool around here and there she lived in my best friend's neighborhood and you know we went we went to the same elementary school we went to the same middle school i think no i think it was just in the same middle school and um you know, we fool around, make out here and there, like on the side of the house. Yeah, yeah. You know, like on the side of the house is like in Florida. I don't know because you know you got people from all over the world. Listen to this. True. In Florida, you got AC units on the side. Of the yep. House, but sometimes you got bushes that hide the AC unit. Yes. Yeah. And we fool around on the side. Yeah. yeah. Three o'clock, dead in the fucking afternoon, ninety-seven degrees, <laughs> and nigga dead sweating, just trying to get his rocks off. For real. Some way, shape, or form. You know. Yeah, trying to figure this, trying you to watch, figure shit out. Bro, you watch fuzzy real sex on HBO. Nah, Cinemax, nigga. Cinemax. After eleven, that oh, fuzzy. Porn, you dead hard. <laughs> porn. Porn, nigga. So, anyway, so we had that little history of like you know doing the baby stuff, finger hand there. My parents at work. I have her come to my crib. Very innocent until that day. Mm. <laughs> so it was until that day. So it wasn't planned at all. Oh, it was a plan. Actually, I think it might have been planned. Mind you, I can say my age. I'm 30 years old. This happened many eons ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so what had happened was I go to her crib. Now, keep in mind, prior to me fucking, I'm, I watch porn like a motherfucker, like any uh, anybody else that's listening to this podcast. Yeah. Like crazy. Cinemax, like, like my dog Slim said. You know what I'm through, through the blur. You know, R. Kelly sex tape. Oh, You've crazy. seen that a thousand times. Hell yeah. Um, All of that. Yeah. Right? So I'm thinking, dog, the first time I smash, nigga, I'm about to go ape shit, ham, crazy this shit. You think, yeah. Movie. You think you're going to do it like the, new, like the movies you're watching? You know what I'm thinking about? Dirk Diggler and that bitch. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. So my first time, I'm about to smash one. 
you've never done this before, so you don't even know how to position a girl. Yeah. To 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 properly insert the uh, the dagger into the <laughs> that uh, dagger. The dagger into the um, situation. <laughs> so that was that was a little mishap, right? Oh Lord. Okay, so I mean, I don't know about y'all, but b- before smashing, I was a little horn toad, so I was fooling around with a bunch of girls. Yeah. You know, innocent fooling around. You know, what whatever's lit at that time. Yeah. Like I said, dry humping. I was an expert dry humping. I'm gonna just keep it on. Um, yeah. So. It, it was easy for me to get annoyed or or frustrated or mm-hmm. or perturbed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying, I'm trying. Shit ain't really working. Shit ain't really flowing. Shit's not really looking like how it looked in the flits. <laughs> so I'm starting to go womp, womp a little bit. Yeah. So she, you know, she put her mouth on the thing. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, got it right. Got it right. You know what I'm saying? So I finally... going a little bit right we vibing we vibing i mean i'm telling y'all that we vibing but i mean this vibing is really like seven seconds yeah the vibes <laughs> are seven seconds i mean i'm a rookie like, you know what i'm saying i'm not swimming up in that thing I'm, I'm like dead in my mind i'm dead hype, but I'm, outside i'm trying to seem mad cool yeah and collected you know what i'm saying so that shit probably lasts about seven five seconds you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I came. Um, that was great. I mean, that was, it was it was not the first time I came. And um, yeah, it got, it got pretty awkward after that. It wasn't like an ongoing thing. Yeah, we weren't in a relationship. True, no shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Of course, me, I try to keep it going mm-hmm. over and over again after that. But wasn't happening. It didn't work like that. All right, man. So let's go back to the story at this middle school party at the gym. Though. What the fuck going on, bro? What type of scandal y'all done set off at that poor middle school? All right, now, listen. <laughs> I'm a Lauderdale nigga. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> Lauderdale niggas, I grew up in Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, but locals call it Lauderdale. You had a party, you, put the, you throw them L's up. That would be your pointer finger and your thumb all the way out to form an L. Okay, <laughs> I'm a Lauderdale nigga. I went to Bear Middle School. It's number savagery going on in Bear Middle School <laughs> at this time. Okay, now, let me give y'all the, the time frame. Master P and No Limit is the shit. shit yeah. Rough Riders is the shit. shit. And Method Man is the guy. Okay? I'm wearing Jabos, Buffalinos. Hell yeah. Reebok Classics. Okay, you had a classic Reese. Okay. Do-rag dead on tight. I, I'm using the S-curl texturizer to make sure my <laughs> shit is on fleek. I might have waves or I might have S-curls, okay? I'm just trying to give y'all the vibe of the time, the aura, the essence of that time, okay? So, anyway, see, my middle school was a, a was a very savage middle school. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't out of the norm for niggas to be fucking. Niggas would be fucking in the bathroom at school. Niggas would be fucking by the portables at school. <laughs> you hear all type of stories, <laughs> yeah. okay? So... In every school, they have their arrival schools, mm-hmm. which is like a school that's close in the neighborhood and, and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, at that time, I was at Bear, so the the opposing school or the rival school or the school that a lot of people would know would be West Pine. Okay, got you, got you. 
So there was a, a party for a birthday party for a girl that went to my school. But at, but she was a pretty popular girl at the time. I was a pretty popular guy, so of course I was invited. So there was a lot of people from my middle school and West Pine that went to this party. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a time in my life when I was on my my football NFL nigga shit, <laughs> and I don't, I probably I really was only messing with white girls. All right, oh, I'm gonna keep it hundred. I was only messing with white girls at the time. Yeah. So I was messing with this girl. She's a white girl. She was actually my girlfriend at the time. Mm. I'm gonna say her name. Her name was Emily, a real white name. Oof. Swag, right? <laughs> so, what happened was prior to the party, we all say, "Yo, we're gonna link up and we're gonna get it popping." Yeah. When I say we, it's me and um, two other couples. Yeah, yeah. In the girl that's having the party, uh-huh. little brother bedroom while the party's going on. Okay. All right. Wait, wait. All right. Let me just paint it out. So right now we're in the the girl's little brother's bedroom. Three couples. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we sneak off into the bedroom. Yeah. While the party's going on, mind you, we're jits. So her parents is somewhere in. The yeah, house. I mean, yeah. Dead dark. So, like there there was two little twin bedroom twin beds <laughs> in the bedroom. So one couple is on the bed, another on the, on the bed, bed somebody on the floor. Me and my chick, we was like on a chair. Yeah. That was like in the middle of the room. Yeah. Dead dog, we can't really see shit. Okay. Now this is her first time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's crazy. It's crazy because I'm like, damn, this is how you want to go out, but whatever. This is how you want to lose it. All right. <laughs> I'm a horny. I'm a horny young. Like, and, you're, and a girl's little brother's bedroom in front of your friends. I'm trying to get it in wherever. Ever, I yeah, can. yeah. Shit, I'll get it in on the bus if I have to. It don't matter. On the city bus. Yeah, savagery. Turn up. <laughs> so anyway, so everybody's doing their make out thing. They making out. I'm getting my little head. You know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I went to a savage middle school. Yeah. Everybody was doing something. It wasn't far-fetched for niggas to be going, doing stuff at, at, at that time at my school. Right? So anyway, uh, we all fucking. <laughs> Long story short, all, all six of us are fucking. We're all kids. And it's crazy because I'm old now and I like I look at a person, a kid that age, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, <laughs> for real. Age, you know what I'm saying? Acting grown. Long story short, we smashing, we smashing. Now, this wasn't like the 75 seconds before. You know, I got my experience in. I'm a little bit more seasoned. Mm-hmm. You know, so this was like three minutes. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> this was like a three-minute situation. That was cool. So anyway, we of course, we locked the door. And uh, after a while, because mind you, we were in the girl that's having a party, her little brother's Brother room. Yeah. All type of toys and shit up in there. Oh, yeah, and we don't know we don't know the room, like yeah. knocking shit over and everything. It's all good though. We all just trying to we just horny little kids. Mm-hmm. So anyway, after a while we fucking somebody um knocks on the door. Obviously. So guess what our dumbass little middle middle school minds do, as opposed to just turn on the light and act like nothing was going on and we we climb out of the window. The window. Now, mind you, this wasn't this wasn't a clean, just a step up, and we had to do some knocking shit over. So, like by the time we actually got out of the window, 
the room looked disgruntled. Shit looked crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what I did with the condom at that time. Damn, still there. <laughs> right now. Right, right now. now. Right now. On the bedpost. On the, bed <laughs> on the bedpost. You know what I'm saying? So, long story short, the parents knew something was up. Mm -hmm. And uh, mind you people, this is a lot of years ago, so I don't remember the details of everything anymore. But long story short, it got to the parents and the parents found out who was in the room mm -hmm. and eventually, well, I can't get to the eventually. So I had a feeling that the, the mom found out. Okay, so you jumped out the window and went back to the party like nothing happened. Yes. Okay, uh, so you, you mingle, mixing back in. Okay, we back yes. in. Playing dumb. So, so. Playing dumb as fuck, yes. All right. So I guess it's the end of the party. Somebody's parent coming to pick somebody up. Right. But we not even there yet. So every when I leave the party, everything is Gucci. Everything is fine. No issues at all. Mm -hmm. I go home the next day. Now, I don't know about y'all and y'all relationships with y'all parents, but I, my mom is pretty cool. I got a pretty good relationship with my mom. Now, I got a fucking amazing relationship with my mom. So I like, I, I tell my mom, I was like, yo, mom, your little boy isn't a little boy anymore. <laughs> that's what you said there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's Jamaican, y'all. Yeah, yeah, I know like, your mom. Mom's cool. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I broke it down. So I didn't give her all, every single detail. Yeah. I pretty much told her what happened. It's a good thing I did because maybe like a week or so or that week, the parents hit up my mom to because remember I right I just peeped this though it's, it's back in them days so it takes a week for you to to hunt down somebody's parents. Twenty seventeen that's a that's a, that's a DM Instagram message away, bro. Just type your name in, you busted in the goddamn two hours, nigga. Just geolocation the motherfucker. <laughs> oh, there. Person on doorstep. All right, so a week later, somebody calls your house. Yeah, and um, tells my mom what happened. So, yeah, my mom scolded me, but it wasn't as bad. Oh, it would have been 10,000. Yeah. Been. You know what I'm saying? So the moral of the story is, ain't no jits listening to this. But if there is a jit that's listening to this, just keep it funky with your parents, and that, that, that kind of lightens it, mm -hmm. lightens the trouble that you might get into, into. later on. All right, so do you think, like, looking back now, being how old you are, and what, what you, do you think, like, you, you wish you could have waited on it, or do you feel like, okay. No, no, what? No, man. If it was up to me, I would have got it in that tent. <laughs> <laughs> I was exposed to all of this shit. When I go visit my, my grandfather in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> and um, these little Jamaican girls would, like, she, they obviously know I'm, I'm American. I fired. You know, and that's when I get my first little bit of like feel ups. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And Dolly Holes. DM, yeah. Mommy and Daddy, you know what I mean? I know, you play Mommy and Daddy, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I've been the Mommy and Daddy thing then. So after that, that kind of like opened up the Pandora's box. Facts. <laughs> Those of y'all that never seen Pandora's box, y'all need to see that. Great movie. Part yeah. one and part two. <laughs> Sorry, so all right, so we um, so now we leveling up. Now let's talk about the the career, the career choice, man. I, I um, knowing you personally, I know you've been in the music pretty much since I met you, but mm -hmm. you went into it way before I even really, really met you because I met you like around sixteen. Yeah, about 
I could, and I remember the I first time I met you too, bro. That's wild. Yeah, so I met you at a, a house party. Yeah. Not even a, like a little clubhouse party in, in uh, by uh, Flanagan High School. Yes. That's when I first met you and Papo. And then I ran into you again when they used to perform. When the Pretty Week was performing at the little talent shows and shit. Right, so those days, I would, that was like, that was like, I was probably in like 10th grade yeah. at that time, 9th, 10th grade at that time. And um, I didn't go to Flanagan, but um, I, I made my way DJing for a lot of Flanagan parties at that time. And I was, I was just grinding at that time, trying to, trying to do my thing. Now, um, I started when I was 12. Yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Like, who really got you into the music? Who really got you into DJing? Where did the passion come from? Like, uh, okay, well, for me, um, my um, my stepfather, which is the man that pretty much raised me, um, from when I was maybe like four to about fifteen, sixteen, it was in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a record collector, so this man was had mad records of like old, um. 50s, 60s, and up music, and you know, so I grew up hearing oldies, old soul music, like yeah. old Jamaican music all my life, you know, and on top of that, my my real uncle, the brother to my dad, he was a DJ, so what would happen is, you know, just like any um, parent situation that has co-custody or whatever, you know, you go visit your, your your parent on the weekend, it yeah. be your mother, your father. I go visit my dad, but at like around the age of like 10, what would happen is I knew that my uncle had DJ equipment, so as opposed to going to my dad's house and spending time with him and my sisters, I'd rather just go to my uncle's house and play on the, the turntables or watch him play on watch, the Watch, yeah, watch, yeah. So that's where the, the interest grew. grew. Yeah. All right, so when did you first buy your first, like, you know, what? When did it when did it become DJ Don Hot? Was that was was that your first DJ and only DJ name? Yeah. All right. So so this so the story is this. I brought up the whole like me going to my dad's house and um spending the weekend. So what what happened? My dad lived in North Miami, Miami Garden. Yeah. Okay. Um, at that time uh, it was one eighty third Street Flea Market, but now it's Calmart. Now it's nothing. Now it's nothing. Right. <laughs> it was it turned into Calmart. Now it's nothing. So I get my hair cut over there. Now there's a guy that DJs at um what's at Euro. Um, his name is Money D. Now Money D used to um DJ on Mix ninety six. Six, yeah, back in the day. On a sound called Don Juan. Now I would go to um the flea market and get my hair cut. And you know, at that time I'm a kid, you know, I'm thirty now, so at that time I'm listening to tapes. You know, so Money D used to sell tapes out of a booth in the flea market. Mm-hmm. He would sell Don Juan tapes. Yeah. So at that time, I'm a kid. I'm not partying. I'm not going to can't go nowhere. Dances and things yeah. like that. So at that time, Don Juan Don Juan sound is my favorite sound. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't have anything else to base what I like off of. Yeah. Again, I'm a child. I don't go to parties. I have no other influences. So anyway, um. I, I've developed this interest in the whole DJ thing. I think the turntable thing is cool. Um, so when I'm 11, I asked my mom for my 12th birthday if she could get me turntables. She does. We're talking about technique vinyl. Not techniques. It was new marks. Some belt-driven new marks. Okay. Like starter pack kind of yeah, thing yeah. for young DJs. Yeah. So um, she got them for me, my 12th birthday, you know, and... 
when I got my turntables, that's when I was like, oh, it's real now. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an, an official, official DJ. DJ. <laughs> I have turntables. And I was like, damn, I got to put Don in my name because of the whole Don Juan yeah. asset thing. So I was like, Don, what though? When you think of the word Don, it's like the head of something, the father. The boss. So I was like, Don, hot. Like the father of hotness, you mm -hmm. know, the king of the hotness. You know what I'm saying? And ever since then, the name just stuck. I never switched any names, although people like discouraged me. Like, yo, that, son that name sounds too Jamaican and all type of shit. I didn't care. I like my name. I kept my name. And um, yeah, it, it, it just grew from there. Mm -hmm. I feel like no matter what kind of name or whatever word you start off with, it just over time you keep you stick with it and you build on it, it's gonna become a thing. Yes, absolutely. you know what I'm saying. So, all right, so now we start DJing. This is what 12 years old. Mm -hmm. All right, so what's your remember your first gig? Absolutely. All right, talk about it. Let's go. First DJing gig. Let's go. My first DJing gig was um when I was 15 years old. Uh -huh. Um, my homegirl Mimi White. All right, question. Wait, let me start to yeah. cut you off. So you. Now you're. I'm assuming you got your DJ kit now, and now you're still going over to your uncle's house, who's a DJ. Yes. Is he teaching you? Is he? Yes, he is teaching me. Um, everything's not registering at the time, but mm -hmm. he was dropping jewels on me, and, and through time, I would understand little things like I would go on jobs with him, whether it be to a birthday party or a wedding or whatever, and he would tell me why he's doing certain things, when he's doing it, um, whether it be yo. Always watch your crowd, watch your crowd, watch the crowd, you know. And when he's saying that, he's really saying watch the body language of the people. Mm -hmm. You know, he he taught me how to, to talk into a mic, how to project my voice yeah. into a mic. I don't know if you, people that are listening, if you ever go to a party and you hear one DJ talk and he sounds kind of iffy, but then you hear another person talk and his voice sounds it's, strong. Yeah. And you, you listen to everything that he's saying. He taught me how to do that. Yeah. Again, at that time, I didn't get it, but through time, yeah, I I did definitely understand it, and I learned, I I taught myself how to do both of those things. Um, so, all right, so I got a couple years to develop my whatever skills that I do have. Outside of my turntable, I didn't have any other real equipment. But remember, my stepfather, he was a collector. So my homegirl Mimi, she went to Ely, right. And um, she had a Sweet 16 party, and she booked me, you know, so I used my stepdad um, speakers to do the party. This is crazy, because 15, nobody driving my name, you know what I'm saying? So you got to <laughs> coordinate with your uncle them to find the time to give you a ride with equipment, yeah. and you, I mean, you got paid? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I got like 150. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's a lot. Back then, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, got niggas that still get 150 till this fucking day. Damn. That's been DJing for years. Damn. And ain't nothing wrong with that. As long as like eventually you progress, yeah, we all start from somewhere. I've got I've gotten paid nothing many nights, so yeah, one fifty is is actually straight. As your is your first gig. Like, all right, so how did that go? All right, so I was nervous as hell, but I, it went well because ever since then, like that one party led into another party, that led into another party, that led into somebody that went to Flanagan, Stranahan, mm -hmm. Plantation, hearing me getting my phone number and um and then like the rest was history it just it was just like everything my dj career kind of spread like wildfire mm -hmm. i was very professional um i had little rinky dink business cards you know what i'm saying to give when people want my number and things like that and and yeah it, it went from being a, a little 12 year old in a room 
with turntables, mm-hmm. never DJing in front of nobody to DJing a lot of house parties for high school kids. Yeah. From from um North Broward to South Broward. Yeah. So what was your first like all right, so and they think that like sixteen is what I, I kinda I was eighteen, so I had to be older than you. Yeah. So I just met you that time. I don't even think we really talked, but we just knew who who each other was and so on. So Leading on to to the forward thinking now, I graduate, I'm in college, I still see you doing your thing when I bump into random places, when I, you know, come back, you know what I'm saying, go to a little high school party, you know what I'm saying, you freshman in college, you know, you got to go check in the high school still. So when you started doing that, this is like 2004, 2005, like what's going on with your career? Like where where were you, like when did you start getting booked into like nightclubs? I can tell you my first nightclub I ever DJed at. All right, go ahead. Decent venue, that was Rumbles. Rumbles. Rumbles was Ah, never forget. That shit was crazy. And um, it was Shook, Fat Shook. Yeah. I used to part with Rush. Yeah. He was the one that, that booked me. You know, I was like, so it's it's crazy. In in my journey at DJ, and I have so many different tiers that it's like I started over so many times. It's like you got the 12-year-old started over. I'm ground bottom zero, mm-hmm. right? Get popping, right? Then, or, or practice up. Then I, I start DJing at all these high school parties, ground zero, bottom. I, I start, I get popping, right? In the high school realm. Yeah, yeah, in that little then, world. Then now this this man, this promoter, Suge, books me in this decent club. There's a Caribbean, is known for a lot of Caribbean parties at that time. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm starting over all again. Yeah, yeah. Because now I'm going into a whole different tier. Well, yeah, another world. A whole different world of, of DJing and partying experience. So it's like, so that now, that was um a little nerve-wracking because now I'm starting to play amongst people that I look up to. Yeah. You're black Chinese, you're selective renegades. At this time, I'm deeply trying to be this hot Jamaican-Caribbean DJ. DJ, yeah. You know? Granted, I was born in America, though, but at that time, that's what I aspired to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm, I'm just super nervous. I'm starting, I'm, I'm opening for everywhere. I'm not playing prime time. I'm still doing the, the high school and the young college party thing, though. You know, but that's pretty much where I'm at during that time. Okay, so when, is it, when did you join the sound, on the, the sound? When did you actually officially join the sound? You getting dub plates in your name. This this is I want to say this is the year, I want to say two thousand seven. What was that club? Um, upstairs Las Olas. White noise. White noise. Yeah. So this is the this is when I really started hearing you in the nightlife scene. White noise. You what was the name of the sound you joined with? Hypnotic. Um, hypnotic. Yeah. Hypnotic with um marvelous Palm, and Palmer Styles. Palmer Styles. Palmer Styles. Shout out to Palmer Styles. Yeah, he's in Jamaica. Big up. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, so how that came about. Mm-hmm. All right. You had a sound called Hypnotic. Um, it was just Marvelous and Palmer Styles. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, I was still like doing the whole trying to come up kind of thing, and they were popping. They were lit. Super duper 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 lit. So anyway, um, a good friend, Marvelous, my, my brother till his day, um, he was a dope boy, Okay. <laughs> And uh, he got locked up for, for, for some years. Now, I was hanging out with them, you know, prior to that happening. But, and they were considering putting me on the sound. But because my friend Marvelous got locked up, it kind of sped, sped up the process. Yes. 
So when Marvin's got locked up, I was asked by Palmer um, to join the sound. Officially. Officially. And at that point, that's when I went into another level of my skill. Palmer talks on the mic, but he, in hindsight, he really taught me how to mix. Mm-hmm. Um, how to count bars when I'm mixing and how the timing and yeah, the and how song structures are broken down and things like that so I can mix better more precisely. Um, so from there, I got I got a whole nother kind of experience. I started DJing for more parties. So I go from me being the one, the solo guy opening at all these Caribbean parties to me teamed up with somebody on a lit sound. Yeah, and it, it goes from me playing prime time at a lot of these Caribbean parties and also traveling. I never DJed outside the country. Before. All right, so what's what's that? What was that first date like? Tell me about your first date out of the country. The first date out of the country. What, Bahamas? No, it was Cayman Islands. Cayman, okay. I played in Cayman like twice. And that was dope. You know, I was just excited to be out of my own, my own. Um, Element, t- yeah, city. My own comfort zone, yeah. my own territory, my own place and just seeing how people react to um, music in, the, in a different environment. And that was dope, surreal, awesome. All right, so we're going to fast forward a little bit and uh, talk about your transition from the Caribbean scene, which I want to say was like around 2010, 11, mm-hmm. and really touching the South Beach scene where you're really coming into your own. Because at one point when I was still living down here, we used to work together a lot. We just we have great chemistry. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is before you you was really started talking on your own on the mic, right? But one thing we'll I will get to that too. Yeah, How one thing I leveled up on that. Yeah, so one thing I will say about Don Hop from the day that I met him is like when I say people humble beginnings. I remember when the man had the the the, the ninety the ninety two Civic, not even in the ninety six Civic. Yeah, yeah, yeah ninety six stick shit, then. and had it was moving speakers and shit, meeting him at weddings to hang out or whatever. The coupe. It looked not. It looked okay. <laughs> sometimes it had AC. Sometimes it didn't. <laughs> be like that sometimes. Be like that. <laughs> but like the man is a dedicated hard worker. I remember when he started duplicating CDs. Hold on, we gonna get to that. I gotta tell these. Stories. I go ahead tell that, but I don't. I, I just like you know. Every time we talk down high, we have a random like once month conversation. It's like I get upset because the fact that I know your story, the mm-hmm. fact that I seen your grind and your growth. Right. I feel like you know. I feel. Nigga asked me who the best DJ in South Florida. I said, you're going to spend your money one time. I said, you mean, just go ahead and book Don Hunt. <laughs> True story. No, you know what I'm saying? All, every time. No, and I, and I would like to say a couple parts that he's been on that I had like a part of getting him there. And you know, I don't want nothing from my daughter. I just want my daughter to keep winning. You know what I'm saying? So I can be like, yo, I know that guy. And when I call you, you better answer the fucking phone so I can flex. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just do it for the flex. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, talk about. Going going to that, you 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 still you moved out of your mom's place you're on your own, and you really like embracing the DJ life full time. All right. Okay. So. All right. The the, the transition. So, I'm a, I'm on this sound. I'm on this this popping sound called Hypnotic. Um, it's under a lot of scrutiny because who the hell is this new kid that's on the sound that took Marvelous's spot? Um, and who is this guy? You know. So, yeah. Now, those of you that are Caribbean or Jamaican or Haitian, Bahamian, Trini, you know that a lot of times Caribbean people don't do the best business. So I realized something. I was like, yo, a lot of times we'd play, we'll bust our ass, we'll kill everything, we'll kill the parties, and we wouldn't get our full money. Sometimes we wouldn't get our money. 
And um, for the few people that do know my personality, I'm a very blunt person. I'm a go-getter. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the sit around and be stagnant type person. So if I see something's not going in the way that I want, I'll make a move and I'll, I'll, I'll to, to, to move in a forward direction. Mm-hmm. So I started to take on more solo dates on the Yankee tip, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't step on the toes of my sound, you know, um, because even while I'm on the sound, I'm still playing for these different college parties and things yeah. like that, you know. Uh, so what what happened was I started to um, I started to branch off more, you know. I was like, damn, how can I grow? I I sat down one day in my apartment. You know, I'm young. You know, I moved out of my mom's house when I was 18, got my own place. And I sat down in my apartment. I was like, yo, how the hell can I make this shit grow? How can I get further? You know, because in anything that you do, you always reach a point where you plateau and it's like, damn, you can't get to the next step until you do more, do mm-hmm. something else. True. So at that time, I made like one or two little mixes. And I put them out and people always liked my mixes, you know. Um, they were sold in the flea markets. You know, I had them on sale on consignment. It was kind of like I was selling like dime bags of weed in a sense. Yeah. You know, this I, one you had a little shop in Oakland. Yeah. Park flea market. Yeah, but I was the, the my CDs were being sold before I even had a shop. At okay, okay. Um, that was like oh eight, oh it's two thousand and seventeen. I was like nine years ago. So at that time, when I had my shop in the flea market, I was probably like twenty two. Yeah, twenty one. You know, like so that that just gives you how much of a mind uh, a go getter I was. Mm-hmm. Twenty one, I opened up my my first little shop in the flea market. That's we're not talking about. The other business side of Don Hot. We're talking about Don Hot right now. Yeah. So I got my CDs selling, you know, on consignment. They're doing fairly well at this time. You got CDs like Chinese Assassin, Black Chinese, Revolution, mm-hmm. that's being sold in these flea markets. Those are the popping CDs yeah. that are out right at, at the time. And I'm being sold amongst those those CDs in the flea, local flea market. Mm-hmm. So I would um get my CDs duplicated by a DJ called GQ. You know, he still does his thing. I think he's, shout to GQ. I think he just opened up a bar in Los Solas. Yeah. Shout to him. And I said to myself, for me to really make this thing grow, I can't continue to pay GQ to press up 100, 200, 300 CDs and they be sold in the flea market. So I was like, all right, I'm making a little, a couple dollars at at my store. Mm -hmm. And I'm still DJing on the side, making some money. So I invested myself and I said, yo, you know what? I'm going to buy some CD burners and I'm going to buy some CD printers. And I say to myself, instead of doing the typical shit that all my peers are doing when they put out CD, they put out a couple hundred CDs. I say to myself, fuck that. I'm going to put out thousands, thousands of motherfuckers. Thousands. Fuck, fuck a couple hundred. You know. Fuck paying for this shit. We're just going to give it out. Exactly. I mean, it's going to be wholesale. I'm the wholesaler. So I'm making my mixes. I'm duplicating them my fucking self. And at the end of the parties that I'm DJing at, I'm giving them out. So it turns into one person at that party that that knows who DJ Don Hot mm-hmm. is to them playing it at a house party, them playing it in their room, them playing it in their parents' car when they borrowed over the weekend. Mm-hmm. To two people knowing my name, to three people knowing my name, and then my my name grew like a motherfucker like that. So that turned into 
me getting called to play in West Palm. Yeah. So, and that's when people probably down south in in Miami and Fort Lauderdale probably started to see me less because I started DJing in Palm, Palm Beach, Beach a lot. Fort Pierce. Yeah. The distribution of my CDs. Yeah. So what would happen was them times people was driving a lot from Palm Beach to come party in Lauderdale though. Yes. That's sure. that's that's them. Okay, I know that time. Yeah. There wasn't really many options in, in Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. Yep. Right. So, um. So what happened is when I go to Palm Beach and DJ, I'm not DJing at a reggae party with three, four different DJs. Mm -hmm. I'm on a Yankee vibe. My CDs would be mixed with American music and reggae music, and it was just a great fusion. I always had a good ear for music and a good ear for new music and knowing when the the, the new songs would yeah. probably end up yep. breaking. And I, pr I promise you did a CD first like maybe two years ago, and I swear to God, that CD could have played for over a year. It was always it was so ahead of his time and everything was so current by the time those songs on your CD were like on radio and rotation. Yeah, right. So I'm DJing at these Palm Beach parties by myself now. So at this time, I'm a realist for for those of you that don't know me. I'm very honest with myself. So I knew that my mic game wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. I could always play the songs. I could always um, select good music and all of that, but my talking wasn't the best. When I made that transition from distributing the CDs and getting booked in Palm Beach a lot more and me playing at parties four hours a night, that's how my, my talk game got better. It's like in anything. You want to do good on your test, you have to study your ass off. You want to be good at driving stick, you have to actually drive stick by yourself and fuck up and stall out at stoplights. Hell yeah, you, burn you out you the clutch be, and all that shit. You want to play any professional sport, you got to bust your ass. And practice and practice and practice and work out and be relentless and eventually you'll get good. So that's what the same thing was for um, DJing and talking on the mic. I wasn't the best at talking on the mic, but after a while of going weeks and weeks and weeks, talking four hours at a time. Your personality really starts coming out because if you don't know, this nigga's a very sarcastic ass nigga. He's very fucking hilarious. He's witty. And I'm, you know what I mean? And, and just being around him, working with him for so long and then I'm pretty sure, like, I learned things from him. I'm pretty sure he learned things from me because I can't, I might have the ear for the music, but I was always more, more that have the gift of gab as opposed to, you know, the, the musical talent and knowledge that you were you were you know, open to when you were younger. But, I mean, now I hear you now. I listen to this shit. Now I'm like, nigga, I'm taking this shit and switching this word around and I'm going to just make this shit work for me, nigga. Fuck this nigga. And I will, I will like, Don I heard that shit you said, da, da, da. Yo, that shit was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, to see you. We're going to get to the SoundCloud too later. Yeah, oh, the SoundCloud's insane. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. So, now we're, you're in Palm Beach. This, this is when you're doing it every Sunday. Club New York, right? It was so many clubs. It, it started at Mystique. Mystique. Then it went from Mystique to New York. Yeah. Right. No, it went from Mystique to Liquid. Then Liquid to New York. Mm -hmm. New York to um, Blue Martini to, I just locked down Palm Beach for like three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. Like Palm Beach, I could say, was my city. Every poppin' hot hip hop party in Palm Beach, Don yeah. Hot had to be the one. Nigga ended up on TV, nigga. Shit. I did. Yeah, remember um, Bar Rescue? Oh shit! Yeah, they had. Yeah, Bar Rescue came to the club. I was DJing at. Yes. That's yeah. crazy. Check my dog on. I don't know what channel that is, but he on there. Yeah. Spike so TV. I, so what happened was I started DJing Palm Beach, and I would be MIA from Lauderdale in Miami, and after a while. I think what happened was people started noticing, yo, Donna getting kind of nice. Donna getting kind of nice. And 
people would start taking me a little bit more seriously, and I'd get more calls for for um, parties, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that's where you and I started to link up more, and we and I joined Mastermind, and we started putting on our own events, and and then we we throw my first birthday party, and till this day, I've been DJing a lot of years, and I've never seen a ratio like my first birthday party ever. <laughs> Ever, 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 ever. That ratio was fifty to one. What was what was that again? Um, something live, Hollywood live. Live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood live. In now I give it to you. That night was crazy. That night was crazy. But granted, my team was lit. You know, we 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 are all handsome guys. People follow the slim was on the team. A lot of girls follow slim. Now, you know what's so crazy though? But let me just tell you what it was. What made made that the team so so strong? Like you was in Palm Beach heavy, heavy, and we was doing our thing down in Full Out of the Miami. So we really was like bringing two, three cities together all in one night. It worked sure. out crazy. That night was crazy, bro. For sure. Yeah. You, you know, sure it wasn't Grand we, Cafe? We didn't make no, it wasn't Grand Cafe. Fuck. It was in Hollywood. Grand Cafe's in Pines. Yeah. All right, yeah. We you didn't right, make yeah. the most money. Cause we that that was early days of us throwing parties, but it was um, it was still great. Great for the look. Yeah, great for the look. People's taking this. Yeah, for, people started taking this seriously. So all right, so now what? Like, let's talk about the transition to South Beach, where you really, like, you're, you're coming into your own now. You have your own personality. You, you you have your own style and trend, man. Now, what's that? How did that that transition to South Beach come about? So many people ask me this, and for all the young DJs that's out there listening to this, it's it's pretty much growth with the people that you're working for. The, the way that I got onto DJing on South Beach is um, a group of guys that I used to DJ for in Palm Beach, they made their transition to South Beach and started throwing parties in South Beach. And what happened was one of their um, DJs couldn't make it one night, and I got the opportunity. They hit me up to um, open up, and, uh, and they gave me an opportunity to DJ at um, a club on a, on a, sat- on a Saturday and I did my thing, and that Saturday turned into Saturdays, and that Saturday, those Saturdays turned into a Friday at Cameo. Mm-hmm. That Friday at Cameo turned into this. That 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 this turned into that. That yeah. that turned into wow. That. So what's what is it like now when you're DJing on South Beach and like these big name celebrities are coming up to you and like they're coming up to you as opposed to you coming to them. Mm-hmm. Like what was what was the first big name that you came across, and what did it feel like? Did you feel like you arrived? Man, no, I didn't feel like I arrived at all. Yeah. Um. Remember, as I as I said earlier, every for every level, every time that I leveled up, I started over. Mm-hmm. So even when I got to South Beach, I had to start over again. I, I was the, I was the nobody. I was the opener. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm that's getting, right. You have two DJs to start on there. Yeah. I wasn't getting a lot of money. You know, I was playing at the beginning of the party, and I was playing at the end. Yeah. You know? So a lot of times, those de- those celebrities are coming up to me. And even still, for years, um, when I started DJ on South Beach, I was still stuck in that I'm too cool or I don't want to seem like a groupie, so I'm not trying to go up to the celebrity. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk to the sub- celebrity because I'm not trying to seem thirsty. Thirsty, yeah. You know, it wasn't up until recently I, I got out of that, to be honest with you. Um, it can't be like that. These celebrities are here, these rappers, these singers. You guys are in the same field. You're doing the same thing. You guys have to work together. You know, I, I got out of that mindset. You know, 
And for anyone that out there that's like that or things like that, it's the dumbest thing. Don't do that. Don't be like that. It's stupid. Yeah. Because you, you know? got to build those relationships and for you sure. never know where that could take you. For sure. You know, and I don't, and even in real life, I, I'm not very friendly. I'm not, I'm very selective on who I open up to and who I, I let into my world. You know, it's a, it's a few celebrities that I'm cool with that I could rock with. I could hit up, call, text, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and there's other celebrities that I just keep on a level and there's a head nod, a dap up when we see each other. Yeah. It's all love, same way. All right, so because you, got, I wanna, I wanted to be where you know you're able to go be in the city and you just hear there in the city and you can, just, yo, bro, I'm here, I'm out here too. What's up? What you on? Let's link. It's definitely like that for a few celebrities. That's what's up. You know, That's what's up, it's, man. It's definitely like that. All right, let's talk about the SoundCloud page. Your shit is crazy. It's viral. It's blown up. It's out of this world. Everything is over like 10,000 plays. Yeah. Um, the SoundCloud thing is crazy because I don't really promote my SoundCloud like, mm-hmm. I, like I probably should. Yeah. And it's funny. You and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago. A couple months ago, you told me, like, yo, Don, you got to slow down on, on putting out live The live shit. Because people might fuck around and start taking my shit. But I realized something. And, I, and again, I'm, I'm honest. I'm realist. I know that I'm fucking good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent sure. I'm nice, and you can say what I say. You can play the same exact songs that I play, but it's not gonna come off the same. Same way, yeah. Because I have a formula to how I do things and why I do it, and people don't know why or when I do certain things, and their versatile. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Most niggas is not versatile like me. I play Arabic music, I play French music, African music, disco, reggaeton, salsa, bachata, merengue, hip-hop, soca. I play everything, and I play everything well. That's the difference. Yeah. Niggas could say they play all these genres. They don't play it well. They can't make a movie with these. Off these, yeah. I give you two, man. I, I was at, I don't know where I met you one day. It was like somebody's, it was uh, White Mike. Remember White Mike from 400 Club? Oh, yes, you do, man. He was from Coral Springs. You DJed his he's Spanish, man. You DJed his, his, I think, a birthday party for him at, in, at his house. Bro, you played four hours of, like, reggaeton Spanish music. I was just like, yo. That is- that's when I, that's, one, that's one of the first nights, days I realized, like, okay, this might be the damn. <laughs> damn. It's, it's funny. Um, I, I want to drop two gems. The best advice I've ever been given as a DJ. No. Two, two, two best advice. One was from Super Dupes. Super Dupes told me, he's like, Don, master opening the club. Master your, your early juggling. Master that shit. Play that shit like you're playing prime time. So that's, that's one of the best advice mm-hmm. I've ever gotten, ever. Until this day, I can still open the Even though I play prime time everywhere I'm at, but I can still open the club like a beast. Mm-hmm. And um, the second would be from Selector Renegade. He was like, yo, Don, consistency is the key. I'll never forget where he told me. He told me this at a Sean Paul concert at, at Revolution way back in the Damn, day. Damn, I remember that shit. Yeah. Um, he was like, Don, you got to be consistent. You can't be lit one night and not be lit the next night. You got to be lit all the, all the time. All the time. That same energy everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. One person I, I definitely know that believes in that, but he doesn't really DJ anymore is be Zeke Don. Z- any of y'all, any any Caribbean person that ever heard Zeke Don talk on the mic, Bro, that nigga's lit crazy. even if there's five people, people in that shit. Yeah, but the, the and the and the best advice that I can give to uh, up and coming DJ is um 
broaden your horizons musically. You know, um, Publix is cool, but Walmart is so much better because I can buy a battery. I can buy shit for my house. <laughs> I can buy groceries. You can buy tires. I can buy tires. It gets a one-stop shop. So you have to be like that musically. The more music you can play, the more money you can potentially make as a DJ. So all that, I want to be the king of playing Future and Drake and Gucci and 2 Chains. suck my dick with that shit. You're not going to make no money. You want to be... You want to be versatile. You want to broaden your horizons. And if you feel like it's a, it's a hard, it's hard for you to do that, nigga, stop hanging out with niggas every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Get some Spanish friends. Get some white friends. Get some fucking friends from Lebanon. I don't know, but get some get dip, hang out in different groups, different circles, and that helped me because I've always been around different people. Yeah. growing up. All right, so um, let's t- let's talk about like uh, where I want this to go, man. Like it's just. Your growth is ridiculous. So let's talk about the the music. Like I've always told you, like Dom, man, you need a you need a breaker record. You need a breaker record. <laughs> Dom, please just fucking break a record. The minute you fucking you have you're there now. I just feel like you're there now. You where break a record, put out a record like Khaled. Nah, I put out a record. I mean, I think think you did. You did. You you got your own single out. Nah, but that's, that's some hood. <laughs> Not some. That's an anthem though. You be playing that shit on. You be playing that shit on the beach, nigga. Nah, I heard you play that shit one time in. I'm gonna find the audio. I'm gonna find the live audio. Like this nigga play that shit. That shit was crazy. But t- talk about that song right there. Still back to them times. Like how did that come about? Okay. All right. So I got a song. It's, the song is entitled <laughs> "Lauderdale Anthem." I need to put it on my um, SoundCloud. I'm gonna put it on my SoundCloud. Yeah. So what it is is a song on the on the beat on the drumline rhythm that yeah. Super Dub made. made. But the but people also. Sam Sneak got a song called Pull Out the Stick on the same beat. Yeah. And what I did was I um, made a song shot out a bunch of cities in Lauderdale. Cities in, in like areas in Lauderdale. Sistrunk, Melrose, Glencoe, Pompano, Plantation, Cold Springs, Margate, all of that in the song. So the, the way it came about, I was at my best friend's house, DJ Popo. Shout to, shout to DJ Popo out there. I was at his crib one day. I was like, yo, P, I'm bored. Let's make one of these songs. <laughs> so he was playing video games. He's a gamer. I'm not a gamer. So while he's playing, I'm writing the song, the, the song lyrics in my um, notes pad in my <laughs> phone. It probably took me like seven minutes to do. Um, and I, I had the, I, he had the beat. He DJs too, so he had the beat. The, the instrumental. Yeah, the yeah. instrumental. And he has equipment that we can record. <laughs> so what happened was I recorded the lyrics. I, it probably took me like two or three takes, and then it was perfect. He went uh, When I was done, he did the ad-libs on the song. But let me tell you, when I played that shit for the first time, niggas went ape shit back crazy. Would you, would you drop it at? I feel like, you, did you drop it at? Uh... I, don't, I don't remember where I dropped it. I don't remember where I dropped it first. Yeah. But I do remember when I dropped it for the first time, niggas went ape shit. I, I recorded it and everything. I, I might still have it in a hard drive at home. Damn, so like legit, do you, I mean, you never really promoted the song though. No. You just... No, and it's funny. A lot of the things that I do is really like viral. Like I don't really promote. I'm not really into the whole spamming thing. I should a little bit more. But even like my SoundCloud, I don't really promote it like that. And it be getting 
good hits. I got good amount of followers. Yeah, that's true. Your shit do be popping. I mean, I mean, literally, bro. I never forget that we was on South Beach one day. Got a little, we got a little, you know, mobile speaker box in there. I said, bro, just download these Don Hot mixes now. <laughs> and I was, bro, let me tell you, it had the beach litty. Like we was that section. Yeah. I was like, shout out to them Don Hot mixes. I never get in the group chat like, nigga, who got them Don Hot mixes for the beach? Oh, oh lit. Dope, you know what I'm saying? And, and and the thing, your SoundCloud page is amazing because I get some classic reggae. I can play this music off your, your SoundCloud page at a a sweet sixteen party, mm-hmm. a fifty year old birthday party, a little a little cookout yeah. vibe. And my, my my SoundCloud majority of the things that I post nowadays consist of um live recordings of me DJing. For anybody that that is familiar with SoundCloud, follow the SoundCloud or listen to the SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud.com forward slash DJ Don Hot D O N H O T, and it consists of mostly mixes. I mean. The way the reason I chose to to go the live recording mm-hmm. um, route is because I mean I feel like when it comes to DJs they they fuck their audience in the same position, you know. Mm-hmm. You, ca- you catch Charlie Horse, you gonna put out a mix. Anybody could put out a fucking mix. You gonna keep putting out these fucking mix. Okay, another mix, another mix of the same exact fucking song. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let me be the one that's different and put out live recordings so people could experience what it is like to party with DJ mm-hmm. Don Hot. And, you know, like, I get listens from all over the world. Yeah. You know? Soon get them phone calls. Well, now, where's one place you've been dying to DJ that? I know you had a Vegas a date one time. Yes. How was that? What was that like? It was amazing. It was um, it was um, a, a fight weekend. Floyd Mayweather was fighting somebody. I'm not really that into boxing, but it was a weekend that Floyd was fighting somebody. And, um... Vegas was very lit, and I played at um, the Vanity at the Hard Rock. That was a great experience. The number one, like my, if anyone asks me what my goals are right now with DJing, is, mm-hmm. I mean, I make amazing money doing it. Um, but right now, my goals are to um, travel more. You know, I mean, I see, I, not not to downplay anybody or any of my peers or anything, but I see guys that are quote unquote lesser than me, and I see them fly out. I don't know if they're they're reaping the financial benefit of the flying out, mm-hmm. but I, when I do start to get those out of town dates, I want the financial part to be right and the the experience to be right. And I mean, I'm grateful to say that we talking about this right now. I'm DJing in Jamaica the the last weekend of this month mm-hmm. for Dream Weekend, and I'm DJing the first weekend of August in Jamaica as well for Arm um, Chill in Jamaica. For Independence Weekend, so I'm I'm, I'm grateful for that. But like the number one thing right now that I want to do more than anything is travel. I want the world to hear me more, you know. And that'll be a whole nother level of me starting over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know you're a traveling DJ, literally. So let's talk about you're in the club one night. What's the and people making requests? Like how how let's talk about people making requests in the club. So people that don't know me, I'm very like Slim said. I'm very sarcastic, and I can be very rude as well. Um, very rude. Um, I'm I'm not the nice guy. You if you nine times out of ten if you come to me asking me for a song, I'm asking for money. Like you want a song, I'm I'm gonna look at you cr- like you're dumb. Like are you dumb? And I'm gonna be like I'm be like yo, but where's your money though? Just like that, same tone, same face, and everything. You know. So I DJ on South Beach, and South Beach is a place that happens to have more money. You know, so I'm like, yo, you want a song? I need a hundred. You know, and I get that a lot of the times. You know, 
What's the most you ever got paid to play a, like a request? Not that I say play an artist song, but play a request. To play a request, like 200. Damn. The most I've gotten in a night, just from tips, is 700. Damn. Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy because um, I, nah, I don't want to let that cat out the bag just yet. Nah. <laughs> nah, I don't want to let that out the bag. All right, so when it comes to like breaking a record, like, what does it take you to play like a, the one? A, you're in South Beach. I mean, yeah. the world comes to hear you play. Yeah. It's a very world tourist friendly city. I mean, people come from all over the world to hear you DJ, whatever Facts. the case may be. Facts. Now, now you want to take you want them to take you back home, in a sense. Like you want them to be a part of the story that they tell to their friends when about their trip to Miami. For sure. So, with that being said, how do you? I mean, a lot of artists come up to you and they want you to play their music, and how do, how do you handle that? Um, I mean, I'm not as, I'm not scared to say it. Like, I charge, I've charged niggas, um, to play their songs for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I got monthly prices that I charge niggas. You know, me, I'm not afraid to say like, yeah, nigga, you're gonna pay me to play your music, unless it grow, unless your song grows virally or uh, not virally, it, unless your song grows organically, and I just have to end up playing it after a while. Mm-hmm. But if you're like a up up and coming artist and you really want me to play your song, yeah, you're gonna definitely have to pay me, um, because. And do you have to like the song, or are you just like? I don't give a fuck. It's business. I don't give a fuck if I like the song. To be honest with you, I don't play music for myself. If it was up to me. I wouldn't be playing half the songs that I play in the club. To be honest with you, yeah, that's not my my kind of music. Yeah. I like '90s hip hop music. Yeah, Wu Tang, Mob Deep, Nas, Camp Lo. That's my vibe. Yeah. You know, um, for the most part, um, but with the artists, do you do you think like now now how do you incorporate a song that you know you're playing and then you really don't want to play, you're getting paid to play this song, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but you're not killing the vibe at the same time. How do how do you how do you like walk that that thin line right there? Well, um, I have a method to my madness. Luckily for me. I'm very good at talking on the mic. So I can save myself from this mediocre record I just played. Mm-hmm. You know, or if I know that I'm going to play this brand new record that a good amount of the people probably don't know, yeah. I'm going to make sure I have another banger to follow it up. Follow it up, Right yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. You know, to get them right the fuck back. Yeah. So what 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 about, um? Is there is there any artist that you just, you hear that you're playing and that like, yo, Look out for this motherfucking song. Look out for this artist. Who do you hear that you you know that's gonna be big? Because I know you do have a good ear for music. Who do I feel like that's just on the rise? That's probably gonna be somebody, um, a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Think about Kodak. Think Kodak's gonna stick around? Yeah, Kodak. I feel has a, a very um, cult following. Kodak's not doesn't really do a lot of promotion, mm-hmm. but he gets hits like. The best of them. What about XX Extension? I mean, are these songs, are these guys you playing in South Beach? Are you playing Look At Me? Are you playing no, Tunnel Vision? No, I don't really play Look At Me like that. That song wasn't really mastered the best. And I'm, I'm, I take quality very serious. Mm-hmm. X is a cool dude, though. He's from out here. Yeah, he's from out of there. Jamaican. He's Jamaican, yeah. Um, but I don't really play his songs. I, I'm, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Mm, so... There's nobody you think. I, I mean, I, right, right now, now South Florida is just like real. I just feel like South Florida right now is like as far as musically is really bubbling. It's about to 
I think it's going on another level. You know who's kind of in his bag right now? I'll give it to Ball Greasy. He put out his tape. Oh, yeah. That catered to the ladies, and he got like four songs on it that the streets love. Yeah. But I'm going to keep it 100. I'm like the rest of these other Southeast DJs. I don't really play the local stuff. I'm not I'm not even going to hold you. I'm not going to lie. I don't. And that's something that we need to change or I need to change. I can't worry about anybody else, but I need to change that whole like. Because I play, when I'm on South Beach, I play music from all over the world and I don't really play Miami shit. And I should. Mm. I really should. Being that you're, we're in Miami. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking crazy, bro. So, what else you got going on now, man? What's what's the next What's the next move? You're trying to get more out of town dates. Like, what are you doing to go about getting that done? I see a lot a lot of video work. I see a lot of you and a lot of artists promo videos. The the SoundCloud is still popping. Like, what's the next step? Um, to get to get to the next step, um, in anything that you do, you you have to do more. So there was a point when I was DJing at um at like college parties or like the Jamaican parties. I don't feel I was getting my just do when it came to payment. I bought my CD burner. Um, or like when I got, when I got to South beach, I had to network with other promoters or I had to play my ass off to get more dates. So now it's about the more, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I'll let the cat out. I'm, I'm starting a vlog series. Mm hmm. I've been shooting a lot. I've, I've gotten a lot of footage. They're, they're going to start coming out shortly. I haven't, I haven't figured out when I want to start putting out my um, videos, but um, I, want, I want to carry people on, onto my journey. You know, We live in a time where, pe- where reality TV is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the visual aspect is crazy. The president of our country is a reality star, a reality TV star True. in my eyes. You know, that's just the way, and that's the wave. You know, so that's what I'm doing. You know, I, I've been shooting for for a couple months now, and um, just like TV shows. I mean, have you got any offers? I want to ask you: Did you ever every step to you about loving hip hop Miami or anything like that? No, and I'm not, I'm not there yet. Some people outside looking in might feel that I'm there on that level, but I'm not there yet. I'm really not. You know, I handle my business well. I do. I I handle my branding very well, or. Or I pay someone to handle my branding very well. <laughs> I don't really. If if you see my Instagram and things like that, n- nine pictures out of ten is not me that posted it. I pay somebody to post those things. Yes, but I mean the Snapchat and the Instagram story. That's all you. You get to see the, the personal, the real Don Hot, the real my real personality, and I'm goofy as hell when I'm in the mood to snap and things like that. That's crazy, man. So anything else you want to plug in before we roll up out of here? Just to just to any uh, um, up and coming DJs, any young DJs or DJs that look up to me or DJs that look up to anybody, just remember, man, you want to make it in this. It's in your best interest to be as versatile as possible, being able to play as many genres of music as possible. Don't be stuck in a box. Open your mind. You know what I'm saying? And don't let anybody discourage you. Don't stop. You know. Don't and don't feel because you just heard my story for an hour or two hours or whatever, how long we've been doing this, that you're going to follow my same blueprint and do it and it's going to work for you. Sometimes you got to tweak and ma- and do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you what my journey was and what worked for me and I'm still on my journey. I'm still working towards my goals. You know, so you'd have to do the same. But the number one thing I can say is be versatile. You know, be consistent. 
And if you are opening these clubs, you know what I'm saying, don't feel like you need to play some brand new song to 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 get a reaction out of the club. And when it comes to this playing music thing, it's it's timing. You know what I'm saying? And um rushing a party is never the, the way to go. So to all my, my DJs out there that's opening clubs, like know your role, you know, play your role and um master that opening, man. That's it. Jules, drop my boy DJ Don Harmon. Make sure you follow him. Let him know the SoundCloud, the Instagram, Snapchat. Snapchat at DJ Don Hot. SoundCloud at DJ Don Hot. Instagram at DJ Don Hot. My website is djdonhotmusic.com. And um, Facebook page DJ Don Hot as well. That's what's up, man. Y'all heard it here, man, from losing virginity to dapping up future. <laughs> South Beach, man. It's my boy, my brother know. from another man, DJ Don Hot. Appreciate you sliding through for the first of all podcast. We are drinking the awesome, delicious Appleton rum and steaks and your blend. And my boy's drinking the the what? Limon. Limon. Simply lemonade. Yeah. That's a vibe. That's, That's what it is, man. First of all podcast, DJ Don Hot. Appreciate you. Hold up, man. What up? It's your boy Slim City, man. Listen. This episode of the First and Wild Podcast is brought to you by LocalCelebrity.com. Listen, everybody always asks me, Slim, where you get those dope pop culture t-shirts from? And you know, I live by my t-shirts, man. So you got to log on to LocalCelebrity.com right now and use the promo code SLIMCITYLIVE and get 10% off or even more off your current purchase. All right, listen, don't hesitate. Don't pump fake. Don't play with it, man. Local Celebrity LA on Instagram and get hooked up with some dope gear, man. You can't go wrong with this brand. It's your boy Slim City endorsing LocalCelebrity.com.